0: Thanks for tuning in to the Meadowview Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a church who seeks to grow in Christ, gather in community, and go in obedience to the Great Commission. Well, Good morning, church family. I have the privilege of speaking this morning, and I get asked from time to time, do I miss preaching all the time? And I want to tell you, I relish the joy of sitting under Jeff. And hadn't he done a wonderful job in the book of Acts? So uh, this is almost like work, Jeff. I have to work today, you know? I like uh, singing praise with my church family and uh, being privileged to hear Jeff as he shares. I was thinking this week, I came on an Easter Sunday morning, and so I guess sometime not long ago, I started my 29th year here as we did some statistics Over the last month or so at church, trying to figure out where we are, the 80% of our church that's back in attendance or close to it, 36% of you have come in the last year. So that's almost half of whoever I speak to today has little knowledge of the history or the ministry that you is involved in. Certainly you don't know me because I'm such a quiet and just sit here in the front and try to be nice. So you don't know how many times I can mess up in a sermon. So those that had other 40% are praying for me today, I guarantee you. Jeff thought it would be a good idea for a missions update because he's getting ready to go in the book of Acts to a bunch of mission trips, and I'm going to stay there. I'm going to share some stories from the book of Acts with you, give you an overview. I'm not going to step on his toes as he gets there. He's going to give you the details. He's going to name every city that's there, every state that they went to in perfect uh, grammar, and I'm just going to give you the overview and tell you that was Turkey, Turkey. You know, that was Greece. That was Italy. So you, you know, you tell them when they get to Turkey, Jeff, and it'll take some study for you to figure it out, I know. But before we get to the book of Acts and the things that I want us to learn from missions, I thought I would share with you a missions overview. Jeff has said so powerfully as he spoke to each of us, that each and every week we're on a mission. That's to be a Christian. We're on a mission. You don't have to get on an airplane. You don't have to go to a foreign country. You go to work. You go to your neighborhood. And you're on a mission trip. And so we're going to learn some things from Paul and his mission trips about even our daily walk. But many of you as a church have many different areas that we're involved in missions. We thought it would be good For you to understand some of those areas. First, I would tell you that a part of our budget, some $700,000, $150,000 is our mission budget, which comes up to some 20-something percent, which is pretty powerful language. I am privileged to be a part of that kind of church. I will highlight some of the ones that we're involved in. We're involved in Bags of Blessings, a a food program to the school's here locally, that uh, we take them food for the weekends. Breakaway Outreach, which is a former member, uh, it's Jeff's friendship with a church in Germany, and Nancy and I have been to Belfast doing baseball camps, uh, sports camps around the world, in Africa, in Germany. This year we were supposed to go to Germany and Russia. They're both shut down, so we probably won't get to go. Katie's been to Haiti and the Dominican Republic with ministry there. And uh, we do baseball camps, like a VBS in America, except the church in Europe and those countries is not quite as strong. People wouldn't come to church to go to VBS like they do here, but they'll go to a sports camp. They'll go to learn baseball, and Jimmy does a tremendous job of sharing Christ. They are one of our primary, missions project called breakaway outreach if you see that choices ministry our uh, women's ministry here in chattanooga the cooperative program somebody asked me last week what affiliation are we we are southern baptists we're fully cooperating southern baptist and the cooperative program and its missionaries are part of our support on a weekly basis CrossNet, which is a multi-county uh, located in bradley county we're a part of that Uh, we have missionaries in Hungary, we have missionaries in France, and we have missionaries in London, England that we support on a monthly basis. If you could get inside that little pavilion outside, you would see we're involved in disaster relief, and we have a trailer that is ready to go all stocked and ready to go it's a flood recovery trailer and we stay pretty active in disaster relief normally that trailer would go after a hurricane or uh, a torrential rain or something like that but it's got about six chainsaws in it so we do some other things with disaster relief both locally been to puerto rico three or four times on disaster relief programs very involved in disaster relief, global fellowship with one of our own members, Grief Share, that one of our elders heads up. Kenya, as you heard from Isaac and Pauline, is another one of our primary mission projects that we're involved in and have been primarily responsible for building a children's home there with about uh, 90 to 100 kids at any given time. So we're very uh, thankful. For the privilege to work with them as well. Mexico, and we had a trip that is kind of in limbo right now because of some of the uh, last week restrictions that our state put on us uh, for going there, but uh, we hope to go in July the 24th through the 31st, and we hope that we were going to tell you to sign up today and we'd buy your airplane ticket, but we've kind of put that on a little bit of a, a pause to see what God has for us, but we work with three pastors there, one in Emeka, one in uh, Guzman, and one in uh, Kalima, and uh, Hector is the name of the man that for 25 years or so I've been visiting and heads up usually coordinates our mission project there. And you would be surprised to know that Diane and I, the secretary, added up how many people from Metaview have been to Mexico on mission trips over the 29 years or so that I've been here. And it is over 250 different members of Metaview that have been to Mexico. So I thank you for your support over the years for that. We certainly have the benevolence ministry that is for those within our own community. And uh, we have a, a missions budget for our trips and things like that. But we also are involved in the prison prevention ministries, Project Free to Fly. Some of our own folk are involved in that. Rock of Ages Prison Ministry in the two largest prisons in, in Texas, and uh, let's see, what else is it? Well, the other one are the Gadstons which are in uh, London, England. That is 20 different mission projects that we are in, as a church are involved in. And uh, can I just say, Mediview, thank y'all. I am proud of, of the extended effort both locally and globally, to take the message of Jesus Christ. And uh, your gifts are a great part of that. In fact, I will tell you that last year, in the midst of COVID, we were all shocked that your givings exceeded our budget by more than $100,000 last year. And I am proud of the elders that decided that $50,000 of that $100,000 was going to go directly to missions. So that's the heart of this church. As Jeff has preached through Acts, you have seen that that name of Jesus Christ that conquered death was worthy to be carried throughout the world. And he used the persecution of the church to scatter them and and just kept on calling people, worked with them in prayer times as you preached last week and two different men's lives all for the purpose of the word of Christ going forward. We have heard in the sermons that there was a man named Saul that had his life changed. And he was quite a man. He was a well-educated man. He was a man that uh, uh, had reached the top of the Jewish pinnacle of, of religious leaders. And yet, when he met uh, Christ face to face, he laid it all down and he gave it all up. And, and so we turn the pages of Acts over the next few weeks, and Jeff will get into detail on it. I'm going to give you a broad description of it and what we can learn from it. He changed the pages of his life from being a religious leader to being a proclaimer of Jesus Christ, even as you just did in your song. He praised the name of Jesus Christ with the life that he lived, with the years that God gave him left. And so there are three, as most people would say, I think there were four missionary journeys that we're going to look at today. And my prayer would be, as we look at the missionary journeys of of, uh, Acts this morning, the missionary journeys of Paul, the apostle this great man, that we would learn what it takes for us to be effective in the mission that God has called us to, whether at work, in our home, or whether you choose to get on a plane and go with me somewhere. So let me pray that God opens our minds and hearts to what he has to say this morning. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that you challenge us in your word. Thank you, Lord, for what we've heard already in the book of Acts. Thank you that there were people that were willing to give up everything that your name might be known. Lord, we have sung that your name is worthy today. Lord, may we live as a church in such a way that you would know that we think your name is worthy. Thank you for the priorities of this church and a mission budget, but Lord, my prayer would be that it would be the priority of our lives, that your name would be known by those that we work with, those that we live with, those within our own homes. Lord, we ask that you speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would turn in the book of Acts with me to Acts and chapter 13. I'll give you a real brief overview of what you're going to hear over the next few weeks, and then I'm going to tell you what I think we can learn from it. The first trip that Paul went on, the writer of 13 books, the founder of 14 churches, the first trip that we see that he went on, you find it in chapter 13 and verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, or Paul, for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed a hand on them and sent them off. (laughs) That was a two-year ordeal. Chapter 13 and 14, when Jeff gets there, he's going to preach on the first missionary trip of Paul. In the back of your Bibles, you probably have a map that says the first trip, the third trip. Most Bibles have it. I had like five Bibles in my office. I looked at them, four of them had it, one of them didn't. So I threw that one away. No, I didn't. Just kidding. (laughs) Still a good Bible if it doesn't have it, but many of your Bibles will have the missionary trips. They're a foundation for the church. There's some things about those trips that we need to hear and, and know, and that's what I hope to do today. You see, Paul spent from the year A.D. 46 to the A.D. 57 on these three trips. And actually, I think he sent the last few years of his life on his last trip when he said, I'm a Roman citizen, send me to Rome. And on the way there, he preaches Christ. When he gets there, he preaches Christ. And in A.D. 67, Paul's head was beheaded. It was cut off. He did not write about that, by the way, if you're wondering. Thank y'all. You're still with me. They got it. But historians tell us because of his efforts to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in Rome that he was beheaded and died in 67. So I think his mission work went on way past 57 at the end of his third trip. Paul, as he went on these trips, let me tell you a couple of things about him. He went over 10,000 miles in his day across the continents, of, and I wrote them down, Turkey and Cyrus and Greece and Italy and Israel and Syria and Spain and Sicily and the Isles of Malta and Crete. And I found it real interesting. How many of y'all get seasick? Can I see your hands? There's a few of us. I can remember spending the first day of most every trip I've ever gone on on a boat you know, what do we call it, calling the whales or whatever, the seals? That's what I do every time I go. Paul went from Crete to Malta, the islands, and he went by boat, and just for you young folk, it wasn't a cruise liner, okay? They didn't have those back then. He went by boat, and that is a 600-mile journey. And I can remember going from Miami to the Bahamas, and that is a 60-mile journey on a boat with an engine, and it was not a pleasurable trip across the ocean. So when I say 10,000 miles, I don't know how many of those miles. I couldn't find it broken down by how many of them were by boat, none of them were by air, how many of them were by walking, but over 10,000 Miles. over this 11-year period that Jeff's going to go through real quick. I cannot imagine what Paul went through to share the name of Jesus Christ across the world that he went on. So the first trip is chapters 13 and 14 of Acts. He comes home and he stays uh, with some of the friends that had come to know Jesus Christ. And then he begins his second trip in chapter 16 and verse 10. Chapter 16 and verse 10 of Acts, it says, After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. It's called the Macedonian call. He saw a vision of a man saying, Come over here. We want to hear it too. And so... Paul sees that vision, and he says, you know what? I'll answer that call. If that's where God wants me to go, I'm willing to go. So the second missionary journey begins, and it's about a four-year time period history. It's found in chapters 16 through 18. Again, we're hoping that Jeff will preach them in a little less than four years. But that's the extended period, right, Jeff? You can get a little longer-winded. I have noticed that about you the 10 years I've known you. There's a third trip that's mentioned in Scripture. It begins in chapter 18 and verse 23. Chapter 18, if you turn over there with me, and verse 23. After spending some time in Antioch, that's Greece, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place throughout the region of Galatia strengthening all the disciples. And so there is his last missionary journey that's recorded as a missionary journey. But you'll notice that Paul gets in a little trouble just about everywhere that he goes. And as he gets in trouble in Jerusalem, they are wanting to kill him in Jerusalem. And so Paul pronounces that I'm a Roman citizen. You better not touch me. And he says to the guy that's trying to punish him, he says, you bought your citizenship. I was born a Roman citizen. And so they get real scared of him and they decide they better send him to Rome. And so we know what the apostle Paul did as he makes his way to Rome. He preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's what Paul's life was called to do. There's a couple of things that I want you to learn with me as we see the great work that Paul did, the rest of the book of Acts in some regards that Jeff's going to preach to us. There's a couple of things that we learn for us to be effective in missions. One thing that you've got to know is that missions is going to be inconvenient. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be Hard It's going to be difficult. Just because you sign up to go on a mission trip does not mean everything is going to be hunky-dory. Everything's going to be great. I still remember the 22 that I took to East Brainerd last year to do some disaster relief work, and I end up the one on the ground and the one at the hospital and found out I was having a heart attack and didn't realize it, it doesn't mean that things are going to go good. That does not mean you're going to go on a mission trip and everything's going to be great. And can I say to you, if you are waiting for the most convenient time or the most comfortable trip, if you're waiting for one that just sounds like, well, that'll be easy and I can do it, you'll probably not ever be effective in missions because missions is hard work missions is difficult. Paul said this about missions in Second in Corinthians chapter 11. And he begins the chapter and the verse that I begin reading is he calls himself a fool. He says, you're a fool to brag on yourself, but let me boast about some things. And so as he says, well, I'm going to be a fool for a second. Let me tell you what he brags on. To my shame, I admit that we're too weak for that. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I'm speaking as a fool. I dare also to boast. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelis? So am I. Are Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus once. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open seas. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in dangers from bandits, in dangers from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I've labored, I've toiled, and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is to be praised forever, knows that I'm not lying. In Damascus, the governor under King Arxerxes had the city of the Damasians guarded in order to arrest me. But I was lowered in a basket from a window in the wall and slipped through their hands. As I read about the 11-year history of Paul on three mission trips... It sounds to me like he was uncomfortable. And you know what he says? I boast. I boast in the privilege of suffering with Jesus. Now I want you to think for a second why we're all gathered here today. We were talking about our readings and we're saying, you know what? The salvation of Israel in the Old Testament was a bloody salvation. I mean, for God to save Israel and get those Israelites out of Egypt and into the promised land, I mean, there's a lot of murder and killing that y'all been reading about, right? It was a bloody salvation. But the fact that we can gather today in the name of Jesus Christ and sing praise to his name is a much bloodier salvation. And it wasn't ours, it was his And he paid the price that we might be joint heirs of Christ of all things. Paul experiences these mission trips and experiences this life and comes near the end of it as he writes this. And he says, you know what I'm going to boast in? God gave me the privilege to suffer with him. Think about that. We are a privileged, privileged, privileged people. We live in a nation that it, you can still name the name of Christ. Oh, you'll suffer some consequence if you go to work and do it, if you go to school and do it. You'll suffer some consequence. It'll be uncomfortable. It'll be inconvenient. It'll be hard to do it. But it's nothing like what Paul had, and experienced. And I would tell you that one thing we can learn from Paul is that no matter the cost, the name of Jesus Christ is worthy to be shared, to share the hope that we sang about today, my living hope, that we walk amongst people that don't have that living hope, fact that God has called you as his ambassadors as his witness as strangers on this earth because our home and our inheritance is in heaven and he's called us to be on a mission to share Jesus and Paul teaches us that it's going to be hard it's going to be uncomfortable but his name is worthy and I hope that makes us stop and ponder today. Can you say with Paul, I boast that I've had the privilege of suffering for Jesus Christ. That's what he boasts in. It's one of the things that you're going to see over and over again. But there's a second thing that even touches me even more deeply. For us to be an effective part of a mission ministry whether in our community or on a trip, if you choose to go with me, it has to be motivated by love. It has to be motivated, first and foremost, our love for God, the first commandment, and second, our love for others. As I was reading ahead, Jeff, and reading through the book of Acts, I noticed in those three missionary journeys that Paul is recorded... To go into the city, and 13 different times it says he went to the city and he went to the synagogue to present Christ. One time it says that he preached there for 13 or for three months, which I could add another 13 or 15 times, just recorded. One of them says for two years he stayed there and worshiped on the Sabbath. The first two missionary journeys talk about the Sabbath, the Jewish synagogue. The last one talks about celebrating on the resurrection day. I know Jeff's going to teach you why we celebrate on Sunday, so I won't go there. But Paul kept on going back to the synagogue. The end of most of those stories was that he was flogged, that he was pelted with stones, that he was sent to Rome on a ship, that he was imprisoned, and he goes to the next city, and guess what he does? He goes back to the synagogue to present Christ to the Jewish people. I marvel when I read that, because I would think, well, Paul, you should have had more sense. You know, what is it we say if you do something once, and it doesn't work out, and you do it again, and it doesn't work out, then you're... Pretty much stupid for doing it two or three. And Paul did it that I can see 13 times. You know what was Paul's motivation? Paul's motivation was what he wrote about in Romans when he writes the Jews a theological letter telling them why their theology points to Jesus Christ. In chapter nine of that book, he says, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off for Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race. You know what Paul in essence says? If the nation of Israel, if the people of Abraham, if the folk that I go to these synagogues could come to know Jesus Christ, I myself would take hell on their behalf. Let me be cursed that they all would be saved. See, Paul has a tremendous love for the people to know his Christ. It motivates his mission work. Verse 1 of chapter 10 in Romans, he says, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they might be saved. When I see the mission trips of Paul, the miles that he went, uh, the situations that he found himself in, he was motivated by a love for others. And when you, write, when you read some of those 14 books that he wrote, you see Paul saying things like, I give up everything for the cause of Christ. For me to live is Christ and to die and gain. I, you know, I've, I've reached the pinnacle of Jewish religion, but I gave it all up. I gave it all up that I might preach Christ for the privilege of preaching Christ. Paul's motivation for all of these miles, for all of these places, for all of the things that he went through, the motivation of missions that must be in our heart is first and foremost that Christ is first in our life that we truly understand the principle that Jesus said is the greatest commandment to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And it's lived out in your workplace, in our church, in our communities. It's lived out if we love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul by the fact that we love others more than we love our own selves. So when I read about Paul in Acts. When I read about his mission, when I think of the mission effort that we have as a church, is our motivation, we love people. We love people so much. God, what, where do you want me? What do you want me to do? As Jeff challenged us last week to be a praying people because that's where God was meeting them, to show them the work that he had to do. That's where he calls Paul, you'll see. Is our motivation the fact that we love others as more important than ourselves? Because that speaks that we love God primarily and foremost. As Jeff preaches through these next few chapters, remember, it's 11, 15, even as much as 20 years of a man's life. 10,000 miles that he travels by foot or by boat in a time that we can't even imagine, motivated first and foremost by his love for God and secondly by his love for others. I pray God uses that this morning to make you a mission-minded Christian. And I pray, Jeff, we stay a mission-minded church. Thanks for listening It is our prayer that this message has helped you grow in your walk with Christ. Go to our website, meadowviewbaptist.com or subscribe to hear more sermons like this or to get more information about how to be involved at Meadowview Baptist.